What's going on, everybody? Robert, Bridging the Geekdoms. And as you see, today we have a special presentation. Bridging the Geekdoms. Hot takes. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that thing. We're doing the thing where we're going we're gonna to take Marvel, we're going to take DC, we're going to take Star Wars, we're going to take pop culture, and we're going to give our hot takes on the different areas of the fandoms, essentially. That's, that's what we're going to do. So uh, get ready for an interesting, an interesting, a very, 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 very interesting episode of Bridging the Geekdoms. What's going on, everybody? How's it shaking? Yeah. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's not going to just be me today. You guys get my hot takes enough, don't you? Pretty sure you guys get them all the freaking time. Uh, which brings me to my next, or my, my thing I want to promote here a little bit. I have created my own specific YouTube channel uh, where I pretty much will talk about anything and everything. Uh, political, not political, all that stuff. So, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about on that channel. So it's called Slavs Free Talk. Make sure you go check it out and subscribe. Uh, if you don't mind me being unmuted and talking about everything in pop culture in the world, uh, I'm getting some pretty good traction, way better than this channel. So don't think I'm ever going to do live. Uh, one to two videos a week is what I'm probably shooting for. So go check it out. Subscribe today. Yeah. While we wait for Triton to come. Yeah, he's there already. Hi, Triton. I figured you'd show up, buddy. A stream without gun news. Christmas came early. Well, is there no gun news? There is gun news. We're not going to talk about it, though. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, I, I decided that we're not going to talk about news on today's stream. I didn't want to talk about the news that's going on out in the world because... Honestly, we're getting it enough, whether it's from Twitter, YouTube, all the social sites, other YouTubers, uh, influencers, the TikToks, all that jazz. So, you know, it, it's like, and that's the thing, like my show, this show, I never wanted it to be news centric. I never wanted it to be news centric. I wanted to have a different topic every week. And even back in the day when we first started and we're just a podcast, audio podcast only, we would have like two or three newsworthy topics, but we there was always a main topic, always something specific that we would talk about. And when I started doing the show myself on a more regular basis, it's it's a lot easier to talk about the news and give your opinions on news when it's just you. When you have somebody there to talk to and, and kind of bounce things off of, that's when it's it's nice to ha you know be able to do those different topics and one-off topics and such. And you know, Ken had a great idea last week. Why don't we talk about Robert's hot topics? Uh, and that's what we're going to do. And it's not just mine. He's also got some hot topics as well that we're going to talk about. Um, some of them, I, I, I think, you know, if you're a fan of this show, if you're a fan of pop culture at all. Uh, you're going to sit there and, and have your opinions on what we say for sure, because, yeah, I think I think we got some some good ones here. Taking a look at them. Uh, but we have to wait for Ken. Where is that dude at? You know, 
you just can't just can't find good health these days. Just can't do it. Uh, with that, did Christmas come early? Trading? Come on, man. Come on. You know we're gonna we're gonna talk about gun in some other form or fashion. And Triton says, just sub to Slavs. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for the sub. Yeah, I, I, I again, like I said, it's going to be one or two videos a, a week. It's going to be me a little more unhinged. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I have, still have to be a little bit careful because of my job and, and everything like that. But for the most part, I mean, it's going to be me sort of attacking. Not attacking. I shouldn't say attacking. Attacking is not a good word for that. It's going to be me. Um, discussing and talking about some of the asinine and ridiculousness that happens in today's world, be it pop culture or anything else. So thanks for subscribing. Uh, now, Triton, you say Christmas came early. I know you're not a big gun fan. Look, look, I'm going to be talking about him again on the channel. Don't worry. Like I said, I'm hoping that we can move to a more topic centric live show and then i'll hit newsworthy stories with random videos throughout the week here and there uh that doesn't mean that we can't talk about news on this show if you guys want to ask questions about and, and i'm thinking of maybe leaving a section at the end of the live shows for that but uh without any further ado because i wasn't doing any ado uh here he is the man the iced tea drinker is that iced tea there's that pop what is that Hello. That is Snapple iced tea. Snapple iced tea. Ah, man. Snapple. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You look dapper today. I think oh, that's new edition. I don't think I've seen, I don't think I've done no, no. a show with you with the hat. <laughs> so the, the crazy thing about the, these type of hats, Colton and I, back in like 2017, 2018, we're like, that's going to be our thing. We're going to wear these hats. That's going to be our thing for our show. Yeah, right. But we were, but we were an audio podcast. So what the hell did it matter? <laughs> yeah, very so, true. Very true. So we stopped what wearing the, them. What is the proper name for that hat? Um, A cabbie hat, I think. I think it's a, a cabbie, cabbie hat. hat. Yeah. I promise you one or of these. Or a newsie. One of these weeks, I will be surprising you with uh, my wardrobe choices for sure. Oh, excellent! We should all like dress up in like a dapper, like you know, with a vest and like a you know cabbie hat. And maybe this year's award I'm... show, I'll show up in a bow tie. And <laughs> maybe do maybe we'll do. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, so let's get into it. I was just telling everybody we're not going to actually talk about news today because we have a big full show of our hot takes and i thought it right. it'd be fun to do it that way uh yes there's some news going on in the world but i think we've talked about james gunn quite a bit enough for you know we could take a week off at nauseum <laughs> nauseum for sure we get it All marvel right. isn't where it's supposed to be and kathleen kennedy sucks so we're moving on to bigger <laughs> and better at this point <laughs> We've All right. just make sure i'm just gonna ask my weekly question at this point have you gotten a chance to start Gen V? No, not yet. Uh, prob I'm, I'm going to comfortably say I'm probably two weeks away from starting it. Okay, so... perfect. So I will ask next week and the week after that just to make sure. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's get into the into the meat and potatoes, shall we? Uh, so last week, you know, we 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 kind of. Um, what is it called? Uh, teased, alluded to the idea of having our hot takes, talking about specifically my hot takes. And then, uh, you know, we didn't want to just make it all about me because what fun is that? So, yeah, we had to get your hot takes as well. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's what we're going to do. We each have about four or five hot takes uh, to, to discuss. Uh, basically, what I think we should do is just I'll, or you or I, one of us starts, and then we have a little discussion on it, and then we move to the next one. The next person, you know, the, the other person then says one. So is right, that cool with good. you? Yeah, so sounds good to me. So who, who wants to go first? Should we flip a coin, or is we just going to go? I think since you look like such a gentleman, you should go first. Okay, all right. Well, I'm gonna just I'm just gonna come out of it. I'm gonna come out real hot here because before before we go, the rankings that we discussed are they like top one, two, three, four? Like, are we going in order? Or are we just going in terms? No, of... the, this is. I just threw mine on the list. Like it's okay. I, I, I'll I probably say feel what like... I feel like is my hottest take for last. So okay, okay, Please. that's fine. All right, so like I said, I'm, I'm going to just jump out of the gate full full blast right now because this is the one that I think a lot of DC fans and really movie fans are going to probably be mad at me about, but it's about The Dark Knight. I think The Dark Knight is A, the worst in the Nolan trilogy, but not only that, it is a very, very, very poorly made movie. It really is. Okay, so how are we going to do this? Are you going to provide your reasoning for it first, and then I'll get yeah, to rebuttal? Yeah, we'll we'll right. we'll we'll, we'll prov- I'll provide reasoning, and then we can go back and forth. So okay. for for so you're, entering, the reason- you're dangerously entering my realm of uh, of, of the world. So <laughs> so the reason why I say that the big reason why is the the pace of the movie is relentless. And it doesn't allow the story to actually breathe. Uh, when you sit down and watch this movie, you come out of it really exhausted. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. There are movies when that happens. Hey, that's great. But this film is is relentless in a way that isn't good because it's not relentless because the story is needing that. It's like that because of how bad the editing is. The amount of cuts in this film, the amount of... Uh, it just what was it? Um, I, I I don't know what it, I can't remember. I didn't write it down. But the editing is just really crazy. Like to me, I I watched it. I want to say it was probably about four or five months ago, and I watched it, and I enjoy the movie, but it's not as great as everybody thinks. Everybody thinks it's so great because of Heath Leather Heath Ledger's Joker, which he isn't bad. I mean, he's great, and I, I should say he's great. His performance is great. But you need more than that. You need more than that for for a good movie. And, uh, you know, his story felt incomplete. And I understand. I know Heath Ledger passed away. And that's another thing when it comes to the editing. I also realized that they re-edited that movie because Ledger died. They had there's another cut out there that the story is developed differently than what it is that we saw. So I get that. I get that his untimely death really ruined everything. Speaking of killing, though, this is something when I mention this to people all the time, they always get kind of like flabbergasted, like look at me because it's true. Why are you killing all the black people? Literally watch that movie. The first like 45 minutes of that movie. Yeah, there's a couple couple white people that are killed, but 99% of the people that die in the first 45 minutes are black people. Like, like why are you killing all the black people? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not a good look, Nolan. Not a good look. Uh, and then the sound mixing is horrendous. And, and that's Nolan. That's almost every Nolan movie. His sound mixing is pretty bad. Batman Begins wasn't as bad, but it seemed like after The Prestige, which was a good sound mixed film, 
everything after the prestige of his films, the sound mixing is just terrible. Uh, he's a great filmmaker, but I hate his sound mixing. And it is especially noticeable in this movie. And then Batman is not very much a detective in this movie. They, they tried to move in that direction, but the little pieces that they did with him just were like, really? Really? That's all you're going to do? So those are my probably four, five, six big reasons why. Okay. So I, I, because I've seen this, I've seen this take float around on Twitter, and more specifically your Twitter, or uh, the Bridging the Geekdoms Twitter, and I honestly waited for the opportunity to speak to you about this because, to me, anyone that flails any sort of, I guess, vitriol towards the Dark Knight needs to be questioned, and I need answers. And I literally wrote everything that you just told me so that I could address it point by point because that's how serious I'm taking this. But, okay, in terms of pace, you said that the movie did not allow the story to kind of develop in a more, I I don't know if you kind of pointed in what way, but like you just said, it didn't allow the story to breathe in a sense. And I just couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you more. I feel like, to me, when a story is properly developed and it properly plays out in a movie, everything feels deserved in a way, you know, and I think that's going to lean in heavily into one of my other hot takes, but I just felt like everything in this movie that from where characters ended up, everything was kind of like earned and you felt, you felt emotion behind some of these scenes. Like I'm primarily thinking about like the Harvey Dent and Rachel Dawes scene where you're like so torn in between. And then you see like how Batman's torn and then you see how the Joker kind of duped him in a way by giving him like the switch, the addresses and stuff. So I felt like that was a really riveting moment. I think that's one of the more riveting moments that I've had. I've, witnessed in my life because i went to see this movie in theaters honestly so that's how old i am i guess i could say but um i guess in a sense but um, it's, only, it's only been out for 15 years so it's not <laughs> like you're that old <laughs> but um yeah no i just i pacing wise i felt like it was fine and i felt like all the characters developed in a really natural sense and we saw an elevated level of batman that we previously saw from the batman begins and that he built on that through experience so i thought pacing was fine honestly um it's really interesting that you said that brought up the editing part because i did not know about like the re-edited version of it that the version that we got is a re-edited version and obviously that's for reasons that um yeah correlate to heath ledger's death but i think heath ledger's performance in this movie is quite frankly one of the best performances i've seen in my lifetime and i'm even discounting the genre at that point like i just felt like he did and if you read kind of the background of his death and everything he did a real deep dive mentally and emotionally into this character and i just i don't know it's something that like you kind of appreciate the work behind the art but the art is so beautiful in and of itself that you're gonna kick you kind of get caught in between crediting which one more honestly but um yeah, no, I, I don't know. His story definitely felt incomplete, but there are definitely obvious reasons for that as well. Yeah. And I feel like this trilogy would have a little different sense to it if in some form or fashion Heath Ledger was able to continue in the character. But yeah. um, because I definitely think The Dark Knight Rises would have played out 110% differently than what we oh, saw. Oh, I don't think we would have seen Bane. Yeah, I, no, I no, think, no. yeah, I, I think we would have just gotten a direct continuation of like their rivalry in a sense and yeah um i don't know i just hold this movie really near and dear to my heart so to hear this hot take is kind of crazy i 
will not disagree with you on the editing part. It's a very small part, but like I've been pointed out that I think it's with CinemaSins. Shout out CinemaSins if you've ever seen that uh, channel. Really great channel. But um, one of the sins that they pointed out was that like the Joker's hands during the interrogation scene was pointed one way and then like in a different cut, like when the next cut in the angle, he's like, he's like holding him in a different way and sense. So I guess that's like the only time I've like genuine, genuinely noticed it, but I would definitely give it a rewatch to kind of yeah. see what up close and personal where you're talking about in terms of like the choppy editing, which is fair in and of itself. But for you to say that this is not the best movie in the trilogy is <laughs> sacrilegious. And that's I'm sorry. I, I, Batman that's begins is a better Batman, Batman movie. Wow. That's... It is a better Batman movie. And and Triton said it best here. He goes, The Dark Knight isn't a Batman film. It's a cop action drama starring a guy in a bat suit. And and the problem you is you are oversimplifying well... that. <laughs> you are oversimplifying that statement is such an oversimplification, it's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And and you know, I think it's interesting you don't bring up the sound mixing being terrible because it really is. I mean, there's so much I don't understand why Nolan just he does sound mixing like he does because it it doesn't make anybody think that they're like focus more. It actually, for me, it takes me out of the film whenever it's so bad, like it okay. is with his movies. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, come on. Batman begins is easily the best in the trilogy. It's the most wow. Batman uh, dark Knight, and dark Knight rises is better than the dark Knight even uh, wow. just because it has, I think more it, it's, it's a slower paced. It lets everything breathe. Granted, I'm not a big fan of the whole Robin thing. You know, Blake Robin, I think, is stupid. But besides that, besides that. Besides that, so Talia, the way Talia was handled look, was look, perfect. Look, the, the worst okay. thing about Talia, the worst thing about Talia is how she dies. Right. Um, there's other there's other parts to it that I feel like I mean, like Bane be basically becomes like a sympathetic puppy at this point. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like the Dark Knight Rises was definitely the weakest in the trilogy and this sounds like we should have like an off kilter talk about just the entire Dark Knight trilogy because it seems we like we fall. We definitely. It sounds like we fall on opposite ends on a lot of different things. So maybe like on the anniversary of one of the movies or something, we should do that. Yeah, uh, no, but Triton says Bale's Batman was too skinny, couldn't fight for shit. Agree, agree. <laughs> um, except for in Batman Begins, but the fighting is bad. Triton, you said it in another comment. Nolan cannot. He, he doesn't do well with action, uh, specifically hand-to-hand -hand action. And you see that in the Batman, all the Batman movies. Um, but the Batman Begins suit is also the best. I mean, the Dark Knight Rises, the final battle between Bane, or the first battle between Bane and uh, Batman, I felt like was definitely well-coordinated, and I felt like it was well-shot. I felt mm -hmm. like the decision to not have music and to kind of have just the natural acoustics of yeah. them fighting was a great decision. And um, that's honestly probably my, one of my favorite, most favorite parts of The Dark Knight Rises, if I'm going to be honest with you. So yeah. um, I guess he has his spurts where maybe it doesn't work. Um, I feel like each movie calls for something different, honestly. Like Batman was intellectually and principle-wise challenged in the dark Knight, and i think that was kind of the point honestly was that and i think that's the point of the joker as a whole as a character is that physically he's not going to defeat you like he's i mean you know in most iterations just average size but it's really his intellect and the way that he makes you turn against your principles and make you become the bad guy in a sense is kind of how it works and i thought that was done to perfection and i just think 
The Dark Knight has to be, as many people claim it to be, one of the top five movies of all time, for sure. So, if not the best movie of all time. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So, that's that's The Dark Knight. That's my first one. What about you? What is your first hot take? Okay. So, I'm going to stick with the theme of DC right now, and we're going to stick with one of the, one of the ones that I feel like is, is a genuine hot take, and... Um, so I'm going to say, so you know how every review says this is the best DC movie since The Dark Knight, this, all this, all that. And uh, what I'm going to say is my headline is going to read, Zack Snyder's Justice League is the best comic book movie since The Dark Knight. So I know that this is now a two-pronged sort of hot take for you because obviously I'm putting The Dark Knight on a pedestal that you would refuse to put it on. And then obviously... Zack Snyder's Justice League being a home release, being one of the best comic book releases ever, is kind of an idiom in and of itself. But I think this is—I think Zack Snyder's Justice League is, quite frankly, an epic masterpiece. Honestly, like I just Man of Steel to me is probably second in terms of the DCEU as a whole. But Zack Snyder's Justice League does something that you alluded to that The Dark Knight didn't do, which is let the story breathe a bit. And by a bit, I mean a lot. And obviously, the criticism for me will always be that it could have been trimmed down a lot more to kind of give us a more focused story rather than a, I guess you could call it more of like a visual story. But um, the way the characters develop, the way that everything interweave, the way that everything behind the cut and the movement behind it and getting it released kind of, I guess, allowed me to let allow this uh, movie to re- reach epic proportions for me. But I just think story-wise and the way the movie played out, um, again, like how each character served their own purpose. And even at the end and the ending scene and the ending battle, like each character served its own purpose. And it all led literally to them defeating uh, Steppenwolf and sending away Darkseid and stuff. So I just think visually, story-wise, just everything behind it, I think it's probably and 100% in my mind the best comic book movie to come out since the dark night i disagree <laughs> i disagree <laughs> uh not because of it being the best since the dark night because I, yes I, I know why people like the dark night i know people like the dark night so i'm not gonna push back on people saying oh this is the best since that movie you guys think it's the best and that is what it is but with that i mean you you alluded to it a little bit there you you said like the length it let everything breathe but it let everything breathe too much it was too long four hours was too long they put two or three storylines which could have been their own films into one movie uh and and to me that hurt it a little bit i i mean i remember i you know i stayed up till 3 a.m to watch it and uh you know I, i enjoyed it you know don't get me wrong like the into the speed force moment literally brought tears to my eyes when i was watching it you know for the first time because it was just so impactful it was such an amazing scene so don't get me wrong it's a great movie but the length was too long. Uh, on top of that, there's a couple other issues. Uh, the Wonder Woman theme. Uh, okay. Come on, like I mean, but that's a problem throughout the DCEU in general. So no, it's not. Uh, yeah, but I like the the Zimmer theme. The, okay. the one that you know. But when Junkie XL decided to put his own little twist with the ah, ah, stuff in. Zack Snyder's Justice League. That was. If you have not was, seen Justice League and you're watching this, that is definitely not how that sounds. But <laughs> Rob gave it his best. 
Now, that's exactly what it sounds like. When you hear it the 5,000 times that you do in the movie, that's what it eventually starts to sound like. And that's the problem. They just, he overuses it. So the music, in a whole, the music wasn't the best. And I get that there was time constraints and everything like that. So I understand that. Uh, and then the pacing, you know, because of the length, it just wasn't great. Is it the best comic book movie since The Dark Knight? In my opinion, no. But it's a good comic book movie. It's probably one of the best DC comic book movies, probably in the top five in the history of DC comic book you know, films. But yeah, I, I, I mean, it's not a perfect movie. And I would actually, if I were to say the best comic book movie since The Dark Knight, so we'll say since 2008, since 2008, <laughs> that's like a nexus point for this genre. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Iron Man came yep, out that yep, year, yep. everything. So, uh, but I, I would still probably stick with Infinity War. Uh, that that movie, in my opinion, uh, far is far superior to uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, it, while I love Man of Steel and I think it's a masterpiece, uh, there's something about Infinity War that just really, you know, encapsulates what that genre is and in a large way yeah no i that's uh that's an interesting point you bring up i guess from where my hot take was was probably the best dc movie release since the dark knight which i think could be a fair argument for sure but um, Man of Steel. <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> but you, you never you it's a it's a debate that can go on ages, honestly, because yeah, it's all no, it personal really preference. So it really is. I mean, it is subjective, but you know, it's it is what it is. That that is that I I I'm one that hates that saying. It's the best since the Dark Knight. I've said it in the past. You've said it. Everybody says it. You know, yeah. it, it's just like you said. It's at this point. Every review literally starts with it's the best DC movie since the Dark Knight. I think every movie since. The Dark Knight has literally used that tag. It's not just DC; it's Marvel. It's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it is a bit, a bit tiresome of that. Uh, you know, when are we going to hear it's the best movie since Blue Beetle? You know, Blue Beetle was a damn good film. People, go watch it on streaming. Go buy it on streaming. You know, show I can attest to Blue Beetle. I enjoyed Blue Beetle very much. Yes, it is. It is a very, very good movie. Uh, I will say here. I'll say this about Blue Beetle. It is the best DC film that has no connection to Zack Snyder uh, since 2013. It's I think it's better than the Batman. It's better than the Joker. Those two movies suck. And then every other DC oh, no, movie, yeah. every other DCU movie, it's the best one out of all. You're crazy. You just unrevealed like two or three hot takes just in that one. <laughs> We're not getting into those though. We're not getting into those. Rob just hates DC at this point, so let's just what? get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Uh, all right, so we're going to move on to my next one. Uh, this one I've said multiple times on the show. I say it on Twitter all the time. I've said it on TikTok videos. I tell it to every single person who sits there and acts like this movie is the greatest movie since the invention of sliced bread. I don't know how that works. It's a terrible analogy. But, but... Captain America's Civil War is, oh, is the this. worst, the worst, <laughs> the worst MCU movie. It is the worst. 
It lacks. Here, look. Okay, first off. I can't even take you seriously, man. It lacks any understanding of the characters to this point in the franchise, specifically Tony and Steve's quote-unquote friendship that they've never had. To this point, Steve and Tony never had a friendship. We've never seen any friendship on screen. At best, they were co-workers. At best. Tony never liked Steve because he was he was jealous of the admiration that his father gave Steve. Steve didn't like Tony because he was a, a big-headed, you know, throw money around, you know, know-it-all. So they totally and then they have a line. They have the the audacity to put a line in this movie that that they say, "Oh, he's my friend." Oh, I thought you were too or so were you or something like that. Stupid stupid they were never friends so the 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 turmoil between the two of them made no sense it made no sense it made no sense the entire third act then hinges on an unreasonable circumstances two unreasonable circumstances where three characters have to show up at the same place at the same time with a working vhs player and this is happening in 2016 a working vhs player in the freaking uh, not Alaska, it was what, the Arctic or something? I don't know. First Russia. Off, how's, I think it's Russia, honestly. How, how the hell is that VHS player working in that cold conditions? It's not happening. It's not happening. Not happening at all, okay? So that's that, that's another issue. They It was lazy story writing. Writing story. Storytelling, not writing. Storytelling. It was lazy. It was a bad plot, a, bla- a bad way to do that. Not to mention that Tony, I get it was his mother. But we're saying Tony is the smartest man in the MCU at this point. The smartest man in the MCU. He knows at that point that Bucky was brainwashed, that he he couldn't control himself. He wouldn't simply just attack. He would attack Steve because Steve knew. But no, he attacks Bucky. He doesn't attack Steve. He attacks, he goes after Bucky. So again, they completely screwed up the story. Lazy storytelling. Lazy. Black Panther's inclusion was wasted and really not all that impactful. Uh, they didn't need it because that wasn't the story they were telling. They just were like, we got to throw him in there. Let's throw him in there. Spider-Man was a terrible addition and shouldn't have been even shoehorned into this film. They only did it because of the Sony leaks and they rushed it to get him in there. You can tell the edits, the the moments when Spider, like when Tony goes to uh, Parker's home. You can tell that was reshot months after. You can tell all of that just wasn't supposed to be there. So again, it was just terrible. And the worst of all, utilizing the Civil War branding, the Civil War branding for a little quarrel between co-workers. It was just a little quarrel. There's like 10 people total. It's not a Civil War. It's just a disagreement. They use Civil War. And then they go put them on a on a huge tarmac so you can see that there's only 10 of them. Like, they could have at least put them in, like, a little hangar or something like that where it looks like, okay, you know, it, it, this is going to be important. No, they put them in an area where they look teeny, teeny, tiny, and it makes no sense. Like, yeah, the fight was cool, but it still looked terrible at the beginning. So Civil War is not a good film. Music is... I don't even remember any music from that movie. The story was bad. Um, look, we got Anthony and Joe Russo to continue on because of that film. And it, yes, like I said, Infinity War. They went on to make Infinity War. Great movie. But 
it was a bad bad movie bad movie okay so <laughs> just from the outsets it's like i can understand if you don't like the movie that's fine but to just blatantly lie to yourself what where's the lying where's the lying at but but to blatantly lie to yourself and tell yourself and look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself that it's the worst mcu movie yes 100 percent. no no okay i take that back now because i I forget thor love and thunder exists so (laughs) along with a bunch of other movies but okay so we'll take the worst in the mcu part out of it i mean it's not far off from the worst. I mean, it's it, Thor Love wow. and Thunder than that. <laughs> if I just had to ask off the offsets, because this might help me kind of frame my rebuttal, what's your ranking of the Captain America trilogy? Captain I mean, America obviously, trilogy. Winter Soldier's first. I'm assuming. Winter Soldier, the second one, or not the second one. Uh, yeah, the, no. First one, Winter Soldier, Captain America, and then Civil War. And okay. really, Technically, you could put like the last 20 minutes of Falcon and Winter Soldier before Civil War. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. The movie was, the movie to me was kind of, it wasn't as perfect as The Winter Soldier. I'll give you that. Because The Winter Soldier, I felt like, was the perfect movie for them at the time because it helped them pivot a little bit, helped them advance their universe in a lot of different ways. And things of that nature. But did you see the culmination of like what started in Winter Soldier and then see how it did blow up? It was a universe affecting change that happened in Civil War. And um, Triton here brings up a good point where the MCU has never really had a memorable score. So that's some that's let's a complaint. That I hear. That's, let's that's, that's a complaint I hear a lot about, but it's at the end of the day, that's just their thing. The only soundtracks I could really remember are the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtracks, but that's just because and that's the soundtrack. That's not even the score, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I, and they almost did away with the Avengers score after the first one. They weren't going to use it again. Yeah, and I don't know. Like I, I, I struggle with some of your critiques just because it's like Black Panther was definitely impactful. Spider Man definitely. Wow, he was definitely felt shoehorned. We definitely felt shoehorned. It was not needed. There's not a single moment I can understand. I can I can take the the argument that Black Panther was needed because they wrote it into the story that way. Right, his father dying and everything. I get it. That doesn't mean he was needed, but I get why he's there. Spider Man. There's not a a a single thing that happens in this movie that Spider Man has an impact on that would change the outcome of the movie. True. That makes sense. Yeah, no, that's true. And I feel like your Black Panther critique kind of changes that because Black Panther did have a pretty good part. And then we that's our first introduction to Chadwick's uh, Black Panther and stuff and just to see his journey continue out in the MCU and stuff. So I think just off the offsets, I feel like I, I agree with your critic in terms of using the Civil War branding in a sense. So I'm a person that's, that wasn't very well versed in the Civil War comics before the movie was announced. So I did some, definitely some reading up and stuff. And they definitely fell short of those expectations, if I'm to be honest with you. And they had, as as much as you critique how the movie played out and stuff, they had an opportunity at the end to kind of live up to the Civil War rebrand, the Civil War branding. In a sense, it, I mean, let's be real. If Captain America aims that shield a little higher, then we're all seeing Tony Stark dead at this point. Am I right or am I wrong? 
Okay. So, you know, you, you, you attacked what I think is the biggest issue of the Civil War branding, but, but the next big issue is not understanding the characters in the franchise to that point. You cannot do, deny that. Everyone tries to push back and say, oh, we didn't see them off screen. They could have been chummy off screen. No, that's not how film franchises work. They need to show us a friendship for us to believe that there is a friendship. And there is no well, friendship. Well, I mean, I think that's part, and I think that's part of the movie itself is kind of providing us that where it's not really a conflict between them. It's a conflict between it's not like a I mean, it obviously blows up to a physical conflict between them, but it's not the, the point, the message of the movie is not to be a physical meeting of, of them. It's an ideological clash of them where Captain America carries the way that he does things versus the way Tony Stark feels like things should be done. Like Tony Stark is a wild card. And in all the movies that we've seen him in, he's been presented as a wild card. And then from, from Captain America, we've seen his evolution where he is the boy. Well, I don't want to call him the boy scout, but like he was right before winter soldier, the guy that followed orders, the guy that kind of made sure that he gave his life up on the line kind of like the boy scout so i feel like civil war is kind of like a perfect culmination of both their character arcs where they see people on opposite side of things and the clash between them is that they agree with both sides of it but that they just want to make sure that they want to just stick to their ideology ideology so i don't know rob i, I that's kind of my rebuttal for that what do you we, this is another one that we could go on forever with so i i want to say this and if you want to say something after you can so yes they i don't believe they understood steven and and tony at all uh the fact that they shifted tony and i understand that they shifted tony and there's two movies that did well with their their outlook and that's why that used to be an argument i would have is oh tony would never want the government to interfere take a look at iron man 2 uh you know but we saw over time old age of ultron you know he screwed up uh and and you see what happened so i get i get his shift on like i need to be reined in but even after that even after civil war he's still kind of against being reined in in a way so it was kind of just like this little blip where it was kind of like oh i need to be reined in and then he isn't after that so that was annoying but you wouldn't know that until after that film. So I'm not talking about films. Right, after. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's and not then, fair criticism. And yeah, and that's why I can't, I'm not saying. And then with Steve, I mean, in Winter Soldier, you know, prior to Winter Soldier, he was that, that, you know, soldier boy, you know, he was all about it, like taking orders and Boy Scout and everything. And what happened in Winter Soldier, he was like, no, the government can't be trusted. I've seen what happens. You know, we have to do this ourselves. So I see that shift as well. And again, that was another criticism I used to have until I sat back and thought about it. But this movie has been out for seven years now, seven years. And nobody, not a single person has been able to convince me that they got Tony and Steve's relationship right. Not to mention that there is valid reason to use the Civil War moniker besides the fact of getting money. That's it. That's it. No. You know what, Triton? Winter Soldier is not the most overrated MCU film. You're the most overrated MCU film. All right. Anyways, if you want to say any more about it, go. I'm done. Yeah, no. I feel like if I continue on, I might just open more doors for conversation. So I'm ready to move on to the next hot take if uh, yeah, you're true. ready for that. Okay, so this is one that I feel like probably burns a hole in your heart. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? But I believe Star Wars Episode Eight: 
The Last Jedi is the best movie that Disney has released, and it is the best Star Wars movie in the sequel trilogy. Do I have to give reasons? I mean, it's quite obviously the best one. But if we're going to give a couple of different reasons, I think Luke Skywalker's arc in the movie makes sense compared to the wide range criticism that some people say about like, oh, Luke shouldn't be like that and things of that nature. I agree with the character arc and where he's at right now. It just makes sense given the things that he's seen, he's been through, all that thing. And then... Let's just not forget that Luke Skywalker is cool as fuck in this movie. Like, he literally force projects himself onto a different planet to fight Kylo Ren in the First Order and things of that nature. And I just feel like that was as dope as possible. And quite frankly, it's the full only movie that we get to see a full range of powers from Luke Skywalker and to get to kind of see just Luke, ca- like, we get to catch up with Luke because obviously the first. Episode 7 ended just on that cliffhanger, and then Episode 9, you know, brought him back as a Force Ghost spoiler. But, um, yeah, no, so that's that's that. Um, and then just moving on to different characters, I just felt like the whole plot of the movie was very well constructed, and I just felt like the movie was, con- was kind of deconstructed like Infinity War was, where we kind of visited, did, we, we were part of, like, three subplots that kind of formed into one narrative and i really like that honestly and i just thought the chase that kind of was present throughout the movie that kind of began the movie off and then the chase between the first order and the basically the final ships of the resistance and stuff was really cool and i thought they executed it in a really cool way um i just thought some of the newcomers i've heard name is for escaping me um the real standout from that movie laura laura dern right laura dern yeah she played uh holder yeah, Holdo. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was really cool, and her strategy of like how she got out of it was pretty dope. Um, I just felt I just felt like there were stakes in that movie, and I agree, I to an extent agree with some of the criticisms that like oh they just threw in shocks in there just to like be like haha that's not what you were thinking. But um, I thought the shocks were, they genuinely got me honestly when when um, Snoke ended up getting killed that genuinely shocked me. Um, the beginning, I felt like really set the stage for stakes as a theme in this movie because, um, the opening battle with like them dropping the bombs and stuff, like it showed that it showed the cost of war and things of that nature. And it kind of reminded me of episode five in a way where like, it's, it's, there are stakes to this and there are, they don't always win and they don't always run into the, into the sunset and into the galaxy happy, you know, with Wookiees all over the place and things of that nature. So I just felt like it took risk. It took risk that hit with me. Obviously it didn't take risk that hit with a lot of different people. And I feel like the way they pivoted in their last movie, the, the rise of Skywalker is a reason why that movie is quite frankly, the worst star Wars movie out there. So um that's my take what do you got rob i see your skin crawling. I, <laughs> I can't like uh all right all right so i wrote down what you were saying so i can remember to to hit them i'm gonna start you're gonna get me into a place that i really don't like talking about on bridging the geekdoms so i'm gonna do my best you have the caveat you you're good you're good don't worry um 
All right. So I'm going to start with the, the, the deceiving moments that happen in this movie. There's too many. There's too many. Look, the thing about Star Wars was it was never about that moment. It was never about a reveal. Yes, in Empire Strikes Back, there was a reveal. But let's not forget that back then, the reveal of, no, I am your father, after the movie, the fans went home like, oh, he's lying. He's lying. Like, that's not real. He's just saying that he's lying. He's not really his father. They had to wait three years to find out if he was telling the truth. In this movie, all of the reveals, killing Snoke like they did, uh, Luke being a force projection, and whatever else. I can't remember all the others because it, it's dumb. It, it's it's ridiculous. Like, enough is enough. Ryan Johnson was trying to, to outsmart the audience and he just kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it and it was annoying it was ridiculous i'm sorry you don't keep doing that because all you're sitting there saying is you're dumber than i am that's what ryan johnson was trying to say to the audience which is ridiculous now the luke stuff <laughs> if we go did back I hit, if we, did, I, did i hit a nerve if we go back to my social media post from 2017 and possibly 2018 You'll see I made many threads about this, how I actually agreed with what they did with Luke Skywalker in that movie. But as time went on and I watched the movie a few more times, struggled to watch the movie a few more times, I started to realize that the problem with Luke in that movie isn't the direction that they took him in. Because I can see it too. I can see that as a possibility of what they wrote his backstory being the problem is they should have never written a backstory like that for luke skywalker the backstory should not have been written like that the backstory should have been he was the savior of the republic he defeated palpatine and darth vader he was the save the savior of, of not the republic the rebellion and, and helped creating the new republic he then went off to create a new jedi school he should not have so easily after years of, you know, giving into the, the Jedi ways and, and, and studying and, and learning and training that whenever he flubs up with his, his nephew and, and hardly does, he does, you know, the way that they portray it is exactly how he does it with Vader. Like he wouldn't go, Oh crap. I almost killed him. Just like I almost killed my father. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not, I can't be a Jedi anymore. I got to go hide. Like, to me, that's just ridiculous. It, it didn't make sense for him to do that. They should never have written a story to for him to be like that. So, in my opinion, yes, the story, the backstory they wrote for him makes sense. But Luke Skywalker, to us, to, you know, the, the fans from the 70s and 80s to the 90s, whenever I was introduced to Star Wars, Luke Skywalker was my hero. He was my hero. And I get that it's, there's always a good story when you see your hero fall. But he fell so far with this that we never got to see a true redemption because, yeah, he he realizes he was in the wrong. He force projects and goes, see you around, kid, and then dies. He never sees him around. <laughs> you know, like, again, you can't criticize what comes after it. I get that. But it just why would he put say a line? I'll see you around, kid, only to then die. Don't get me wrong. I teared up when Luke died because he's my hero. He's I, I grew up. He was my best friend in the 90s. Like, I didn't want him to die. It was so, like, no, no, no. And then, okay. And then the chase aspect where they're chasing. Dumb. Terrible. Never had fuel, really, in any 
yeah, they did it in Solo, which was dumb also. But the whole fuel aspect of Star Wars, stupid, dumb, get away from it, dumb. Um, what else? And you, you say that, oh, it was nice to see that they don't always win. That's what? Let's see. Episode one, episode two, episode three, episode five, episode seven. Five movies out of seven movies, they don't win. <laughs> so wait like we we don't see them win all the time like they they win the big battles but the little ones they lose so it, it's okay they can lose and then finn and rose you know freaking finn and rose i don't care what you say there's nothing nothing about the finn and rose story arc in this movie that is worth a damn rose was a terrible written character you, you have finn and ray who have this connection and they had great chemistry in episode seven to then write it where they don't see each other for the entire freaking movie. The entire movie. They don't see each other. They're not together. When they had the chemistry they had, that was, that was terrible to introduce a new female character. That was almost like a love interest. Then they freaking do it again. The Finn in the next movie. Ah! <laughs> Damn sequel trilogy. I have a question for you. <laughs> what is a common criticism that you hear of episode nine in general? It's that episode it played it safe. Episode nine. Nine? Is that it played it safe, correct? Same thing with seven in a sense, where they played it safe. Episode nine was terrible because you could have predicted the way the movie was going to go from the opening scene all the way to the back end of that movie. And the problem is, is that it, I feel like The Last Jedi gets criticized because it took risk. Like, in general, just took risk. I get it. Maybe overdid the haha, gotcha. But in a sense, there were some creative risks that were taken that if you they were take, just... But you can take risks without destroying legacy characters, without uh, destroying the lore of Star Wars. The best and... part of episode seven is that Kylo kills Han. That was a risk, no? Yeah, that's a risk, and that was a good risk. That that was a risk that had good payoff. None of the risks in The Last Jedi had a good payoff. Killing because Luke was, was a bad idea. Killing Luke was a bad idea. It was. Okay. I will not disagree with you on that. Especially when they had the opportunity and the ability, and you can't get into criticism about this, but they had the opportunity, and they had a really easy story but they could have shot like three scenes to make it work where they should have killed Leia off that moment where Kylo blows up the, yeah. the, the, the deck that's where Leia should have died. And they could have just rewritten it where Luke doesn't die at the end. He doesn't die at the end. And then he's a big player in the next movie. Um, and then they could have just had the Poe and Holdo thing play out differently, rewrite some scenes there with the two of them. And there you go. Leia, Cause Honestly, after that moment, Leia plays no role in the movie except for saying, come on, Poe, you got to be a better leader. Like, that's it. Like, that's the only massive point in that movie that Leia makes uh, after she, you know, wakes up from being Mary Poppins. So, which well, I love her interaction with Luke or her interaction with, I guess, the force but projection they, of Luke. But they could have they could have flipped that there. Imagine if they would have flipped that. They had that scene shot. So have it where she's the force projection there talking to Luke. Hmm. Yeah. You, you see? You see? Yeah. 
Like they, so my, they could have easily have, have, have adjusted. So my question is, and I read Triton's comment here where I kind of agree if would this movie have aged a little bit differently, and I'm using age very loosely, but would it, would have it grown on fans if the third movie wasn't such a pivot from it and tried to have some sort of connective tissue to it, kind of like Triton said with Duel of Fates, because I've read some of the plot outlines of Duel of Fates, and I feel like there was a little bit of payoff there from some of the stuff that we got in there, so... I feel like part of the criticism is that nothing led to anything, but that was because Rise of Skywalker was such a pivot from what Episode Eight was, rather than trying to connect the weaving tissue. So I don't know. No, Maybe I, I, I don't think like I, the Last Jedi is bad on its own. The fact that Rise of Skywalker comes out and then negates everything from the Last Jedi doesn't make it any worse. Uh, what it actually does is the the Rise of Skywalker makes it a bad trilogy. That's what the, the the Rise of Skywalker does. The Last Jedi is a bad movie, but they could have rectified it with a good third movie. But the bad third movie is what just destroyed the trilogy as a whole. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. I I the sequel trilogy just pisses me off, and I know that it's never going to happen. I would I would be okay if they decided, you know what, let's just shove these in a corner and just redo seven, eight, nine. I also think that what they should have done, what they should have done, is they should have made this this trilogy not that it would have made these movies better but they should have made this trilogy 10 11 12 they should have come out and said we're making a new trilogy 10 11 12 tell that story then go back and do 7 8 9 and recasting because what they could have done is they could have given us han luke and leia older you know we would have seen them together again but then they recast each one of them for episodes 7 8 9 i think that's what they should have done uh i i think it would have been a much better way to handle it. But again, hindsight's 2020. You know, yeah, and recasting legacy characters associated with a franchise like this is going to be tough. I am really interested to see when that does happen and with what character that happens with. I think on solo was the first one. I know and it, it didn't work. It, <laughs> worked. it did work. It was great. He was fine. Was he as good as Harrison Ford? You're not going to get a Harrison Ford-like person. There's no other actor out there like Harrison Ford. But did he make it his own role? Yes. Did he do well? Yes. Did you feel? Did he feel like Han Solo? Yes. Was he as good as Harrison Ford? No. But it worked. It worked. And just as they could make it work with Luke, just as they could make it work with Leia, which they should have done since they didn't kill her in, in eight. They could have recasted, done some, and you could have gotten somebody like with a lot of gravitas, I, I can't think like uh, Helen Mirren would have been perfect to come in and, and just, and it wouldn't have been long. Like they didn't need to make it a big role. They could have made it short, you know, and just to, to have that there, but I digress. We gotta, we gotta move on here. Uh, <laughs> I'm only going to do one more. Yep, uh, I'm out of my hot takes. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm going to do one more. Uh, I'm going to do a star Wars one also, because I kind of covered the, the other Marvel one in another video the other day. Uh, this one here, and I kind of switched it up on you because I originally oh. said I originally said this, but I didn't really feel it. I was just trying to be, you know, controversial. <laughs> controversial. There we go. Uh, but this came up on Twitter uh, this morning, I think it was <clears throat> about Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones is a better Star Wars movie than people give it credit for. I would I, I put it in the top out of the nine movies. It's probably in the top five easily, uh, easily, 
easily. Like it is far and away better than the bottom four. So the reason I say this is I think the story, this Shakespearean esque story of forbidden love is handled so well in this movie with, why is my microphone moving? Uh, is handled so well with, with Padme and Anakin. I get it. Anakin's wooden performance people don't like, but, but he's supposed to be like that because if you, if you listen to Vader in the original trilogy, you know, the, the cadence of his talk, the way he talks, how, how he is, you know, they were trying to have Hayden stupid microphone. Stop it. They're trying to have him do similar things that James Earl Jones and David Prowse did. And I think it worked. I think it, it was, it wasn't terrible as, as terrible as some people say it wasn't great, but it worked. It, it worked for the character. I love the, the angst of Anakin. I love how he is, you know, in the rebellious stage of his life against Obi-Wan. I like the relationship building there. I wish we would have seen more of it for sure, but I liked that. I liked how it highlights. There are many scenes in this movie that highlights how the Jedi are truly full of themselves, how they believe that they can see anything and everything. Count Dooku literally, literally tells Obi-Wan what is happening. He's like you. The, the Sith Lord is is running the political climate of this galaxy, and Obi Wan's like, no, we would have seen it. You're lying. You're an idiot. You're just saying that to to get under my skin. And they believe like there's never mention of it again because the Jedi truly believe that Dooku was lying. So as you see, like there's so many great moments, and even the Jango Fett stuff with the bounty hunters bringing the bounty hunters into it's something that we don't. You, we don't always see, especially now in the sequel era, you know, that was something George Lucas loved to do is bring in bounty hunters and have different, you know, aspects of, of, of that type of uh, world building. And I love that. I loved it about, it. so this movie, I think it, it, I, it is better than the Phantom Menace leaps and bounds better than the Phantom Menace. Not as good as, not as good as revenge of the Sith, but I think revenge of the Sith and return of the Jedi are the two best. But honestly, I, you know, people that give give this movie crap, they're, they're, I think they're just doing it for attention because other people say it, so they're like, I gotta say it too. You know, I'm kind of with you, honestly. I, um, to me, episode two is kind of so mid to me, honestly, like just middle of the pack, honestly, in a sense where I just feel like it did its job, but also didn't really reinvent the wheel in a sense. Um, it didn't reach the heights that episode three was. But then again, I feel like that wasn't the heights it was trying to achieve. I think it was no. just trying to set up episode three. And I feel like it did that really well. And as a ramp it was, up. It was a good penultimate episode. Like if you think yeah. of TV shows, you know, yeah. when you when you see that, la you know, if it's the finale is the next week, that episode before the finale. Crucial. It, it worked it's crucial. And it yep. worked really well because it yep. establishes so much. That's why I've always said what I, I I've always wished that they would have started the trilogy, the these the prequel trilogy with Attack of the Clones. Like I think if they would have moved Attack of the Clones down and did a Clone Wars, a true Clone Wars film yep. Yep. as a second act, then Revenge of the Sith yep. would have been so much better. Yeah, I think I totally agree with you on that. Um, I think bits and pieces of the phantom menace could have probably been just dropped into the clone oh, Wars absolutely to kind, of, absolutely to kind of you know fill in that backstory in a sense but 
they could have sped up with that and they could have gone straight. And you could still have Liam Neeson there. I'm not trying to throw out our man Qui-Gon out there, but yeah. <laughs> and I feel like the Phantom Menace is more important for Obi-Wan and I think it's just more important for Obi-Wan. I really do feel like it's Obi-Wan's movie rather than um, I guess like Anakin's movie because it sets the stage for their relationship and sets the stage yeah. for what what we see grow into and what we see blow up and kind of come to nuclear mode in episode three. So um totally agree with you. And I'm so happy that you said that episode three is up there as your favorite because episode three is my best. I was doing a quick personal ranking and I have episode three, one, I have episode five, number two, and then I probably am putting episode eight, number three. Hmm. So, well, I always, I always, every, but every year I kind of do a, a, a retread of the the Star Wars films, and actually next week I am going to be recording a tier list uh, for the channel. So I'm I'm not going to do it live, but be on the lookout for it. I'm going to make it for the channel, uh, the YouTube channel. I'm going to make a tier list of the films and discuss plug why drop. each film is where they're at. What's that? Plug drop. <laughs> plug drop. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I'm also doing it with the Star Wars television shows. Uh, so I'm going to do two. I'm doing two videos, one for the TV shows and one for the films. So I have to... so just a general question, because I'm still relatively you know, new into Star Wars, although I have been watching it. I, I am relatively new in terms of the lore itself. Um, Ahsoka. Is the Clone Wars animated show a necessary watch before? Is it necessary? No, actually. I would say neither of the animated shows I'm going to mention are necessary, but one would be beneficial Helpful. to watch. Helpful. Okay. The Clone Wars and Rebels both play a big role with who Ahsoka is. So Ahsoka, her character is really establishing Clone Wars. She shows up in Rebels, and you establish her as an older Jedi Force user at that time. So you kind of understand where she comes or where she's at come the ahsoka series okay uh but then there's also side characters in, in in ahsoka that come directly from rebels however i believe and granted i watched rebels but i do believe that they do explain everything well in ahsoka it's not when everybody wants it and that's the beauty of it because everybody's always like i want it explained to me right now but that's not how dave filoni did it there are moments that okay it gets explained in this episode, okay. then later yeah. on it gets explained. So everything does get explained, but you would have, like, if you if you if you pushed through that seven seasons of of Clone Wars and five seasons of Rebels, and then you watched Ahsoka, you would be like, oh man, this is great. You know, this is great feels here. You know, there's some great moments where you feel more than what you would feel without have seen it. If that makes sense. Okay. No, it makes sense. Um, I, I, I just wanted to ask because I feel like you'd be the perfect person to ask for that. Oh, and so. and, yeah, I loved Ahsoka. It was a great show. Great show, for sure. I don't know. Okay, well, that was fun. I want to do this again. I do want to do this again. hot in the kitchen, that's for sure. We, I'll be honest with you, Rob. We, throughout our discussions, we even have more hot takes than we even gave ourselves credit for because there were hot takes within hot takes <laughs> we didn't even touch upon, so... Can't wait yeah. to push her out on you again next time. Yeah, yeah. We should plan on this maybe, you know, once a month doing a special like this, I think. 
yeah, uh, where it's like, you know, hot takes or something like that. We can come up with something. I think that'd be fun to do. Uh, so, yeah, everyone, thank you for watching. Let us know your hot takes in the comments. I want to know what your hot takes are. You can yell at us for hours. You can give your yell own. At I know, him. Yeah, yell I know, at him. I know mine are a little more hot than his are. but Right, yeah. Well, yell at him. But absolutely let us know your thoughts in the comments. Triton, thank you so much for once again showing up and showing your support for Bridging Geekdoms. Like I said, dude, dude, you gotta get your buddies around town to start watching also. I want like a <laughs> I want I want a UK crew. Like I want a crew from over in England who's like, yeah, let's go, let's bridge into geekdoms. That'd be awesome. So yeah, everyone so you, <laughs> Yeah, and then we can all wear cabbies. Do you guys wear cabbies over there, Triton? Do you? Uh with all that said everyone thank you thank you so much for watching and i'll talk and i guess he'll talk at all of you later <laughs>